Hello, my name is Jan Welch, and you're watching the Nablating Podcast. To my guest today is Tori Traceder, and Tori is my old roommate from San Diego. We lived together uh, back in around 2001, back when he was skating for Razors, and I was filming for Razors and working at Daily Bread, and we skated a lot. We spent a lot of time together back in those days, so I'm really excited to have him on the show. It's been several years since I've seen him. I actually saw him at the Colorado Road Trip about four years ago, and we've got to reconnect a little bit, but I'd love to go out to Utah and visit him sometime here in the near future. But let's bring on Tori and see how he's doing, how he's been. Tori, welcome. Yeah, how are we, friend? I'm doing good. It's great good, to man. see you. Uh, it's been much too long. Way had, too long. We talked a little bit before the show that last week saw each other was at the Colorado road trip, which yeah. just had, what is it? Like 24 years or something. I've been doing it 25 years. Uh, yeah. I want to say something like something that. Crazy. Very Hold cool on. trip. If you've never been on the Colorado road trip, I highly recommend going on it. Everyone should go at least once. It's uh, definitely very cool. Right. Yeah. And you agree? Well, I would absolutely agree. It's one of my favorite, favorite events to go to every year. So, but yeah, I mean, with with COVID and everything, we didn't get to go the last couple of years, and I was just my schedule was too busy to go in August. I was kind of bummed out to miss it. Is the last one you went on the one I saw you at? That was the last one. Yeah, it was. Yeah, me. That's the last one I went on too. I believe that was it. But yeah, such a fun, it's such a great trip. Yeah, I started my own road trip in Vermont because of COVID and everything. Well, it actually started before. Because I did, I kind of wanted to have a trip like Colorado road trip, so people would come visit Vermont since there's not any skaters here really. So this year we have the fourth year of that trip. It's called the Vermont Bladen Camp, and it's pretty fun. If you ever yeah. get to come out, it's uh, five days of skating, four nights of camping, have anywhere between you know forty to hundred people any given day. When do you usually do it? Um, it's been different every year, but I think it's going to stick it to July moving forward. Okay. Um, whatever the date was this year, I can't remember, but I'm going to keep it around the same time. Uh, so yeah, it's a pretty fun event, and everyone who goes on it has a really good time. It's just it, with COVID and you know and gas prices this year, it was a lot more difficult. Also, Vermont's pretty remote, so if you're going to fly in, you have to fly into Burlington or Albany or Boston, which is you know between two to three hours away from like the start of the trip. So oh yeah. It's like it's kind of like the Wyoming trip we went on, where you we had to drive from Denver pretty much to get or to Montana. To, um, what was that? That was the uh, North Northwest Shred Tour. Yeah, exactly. Montana. You didn't go on that one, did you? Um, I went. I went on a couple of shred tours, but I don't know if I was on the North Northwest one. I don't think I was, to be honest. Yeah, it was in Montana, even though that's not really the Northwest, but it was really fun. Okay. And. In the chat right now, there's Nathan Moore, and he's always on the trip. Best trip every summer for me. Highly recommend. Oh, yeah, for sure. New York City. Cool, dude. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody who's here with us. we got 14 people watching right now. Thanks a lot for watching the show. And if you have any questions for Tori, towards the end of the show, we will be going through and answering questions you may have. And I'm sure Tori will be happy to answer most of them. As long as they're polite, right? <laughs> yeah, polite. I'll, I'll polite for sure. It's rollerblading. You never know. It could be complete action. <laughs> you know? Um, I haven't been. So 
I think the last time I went to Vermont was on a skate trip. I think I was out that way. I flew into Boston maybe. And I think I just rented a car just to get up. Cause I've been, I think I've been to like, I think Alaska is the only state that I haven't been to yet in the U S Okay. So I rented a car just to, you know, catch the top corner. I think I shot up to Maine and got, I ate some amazing food up there and then oh, yeah. just New Hampshire and Vermont. I just saw the little ones that I could sneak in, but that was, I don't remember what tour it was. It was something I was out that way, but you I took like an, extra, it, huh? an extra four days to myself just to goof around out there. That sounds like a great trip. I mean, it's definitely a beautiful area to drive around. Um, skating wise, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. I mean, there's not a lot of skaters, but there's a lot of parks and then yes. I'm really close to Montreal. So that's nice. Actually, Robert Carroll's back in Quebec again. So this week, I plan on going up to Quebec and skating with him a little bit. Um, and Freddie White just flew into Montreal, so he's going to be out there for a month. So plan on meeting up with him a little bit. So, Very so, cool. You know, I, I love I, I skate with Rob G uh, for the rest of my life and be happy, man. Rob G is just the funnest person. He skate. really is. His energy just, is so good. So he's great. So friendly and he's so stoked. Yeah. life and skating and he's just always laughing and like just really fun and he can skate like oh, still i mean great. he doesn't he's not one of those guys who has to go out and skate big or whatever like he can have fun on a curb for like eight hours yeah you know great. i love it <laughs> or do something crazy you know but it's just like he can do whatever um which is really cool and you know robert was someone who spent a lot of time in san diego too which is that's where i met you yeah. uh, we live in san diego in the early 2000s, um, I was working for Daily Bread. Then I did some work for Razors, which you skated for Razors. Yeah. And we lived together for and about a year. And we so. worked at Daily Bread together. And we worked at Daily Bread. Um, <laughs> we did it all together. And we lived in the University Heights neighborhood of San Diego on Monroe Avenue. Monroe, in a really cool little apartment uh, behind a Jamaican drug dealer. Yeah, exactly. Why so, not? <laughs> and I loved it. Those, were, those were great days man we had so much fun out there oh that area was really nice i've heard that hillcrest and university heights have actually kind of become run down now oh, uh, really? it's like lots of homeless people on sidewalks it's fairly dangerous muggings a lot and yikes um so i don't know what's happened there i haven't been to san diego since Oh, I guess I went back in 2016 and went to Blading Cup and went <laughs> and spent Halloween in San Diego. That's the last time I've been back to San Diego. Um, and then this past or this year, this spring, I went to Blading Cup for for the first time since then. And the, the big quad one in California. Yeah, the the one with the quads and the blading and everything. How was, was that? Cool. Was yeah, fun? it was. Uh, man, that was a really fun event. I think Julio's done a fantastic job. With that event and adding quad skating to it, I just thought it was really exciting. There's so much positive energy. Like all these quad skaters are having so much fun, even if they can't really do anything, they're just having the time of their life. That's good. And that That's energy, good. like it spread to the bladers there. And I felt like all the bladers were like happier than <laughs> at a competition, you know, because it wasn't so serious. Oh, yeah, for sure. Serious as a way for the competition. I didn't get um, to make the spring one. I always go, I always do the November one, but I can do I can do it twice in a year with work and the kids and all that fun. Are you doing the November one this year? Yeah, I'll be out there for sure. 
Yeah, I was thinking about doing it. I flew out there with frequent flyer miles, and I think I still have enough frequent flyer miles to fly out there again. Yes. <laughs> I read that there's they're trying to pass some sort of laws against credit card um, perks, like frequent flyer miles and things like that. Really? So they recommend using your perks miles sooner than later just in case things change with them. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, it has to do with... Um, you know, if you pay your credit card every month, which I do, you know, I pay every month, so I get my perks, but not, you know, only like a third of people do that. Everyone else is paying interest and like, yeah, yeah. a lot of that is a cycle because of perks. So it's like, I don't know. It's, you know, so they want, um, they just think people are going to debt because of perks and cards. So, hmm, I didn't yeah, know that. And that, you know, I've had credit card debt before, but I learned my lesson. <laughs> you know, I only buy stuff that I can afford, and that's it. So um, the exact same person. So, I wanted to go back to the early days in San Diego. Actually, let's let's skip before that. When did you start skating? Like, you're from Utah originally. When did you start skating? How old were you? What's what were your first skates? Here, oh, your my, story. My, my, if you my, remember, your skates. I remember. I remember all. I, I was 11 when I started, and. My first pair of skates were a pair of Vera Flex. They were awful, but they were incredibly important to me because it was like my younger sister, Ashley. She, I, I don't remember if our family used to own a bar and I think she maybe won some money from one of the boards that my dad had put her name on for a football game or something like that. So she won some money and she... Uh, with some of the money that she won, she bought me skates. That's and they were, cool, and then they were just very flex. They were, they were awful. I skated them for, I remember putting them on and like cinching them up and I would have to do duct tape. <laughs> like I would duct tape my ankles just because they were so flimsy. But I skated them probably for about, I want to say maybe four months. And then on my birthday, I got... Uh, my mom bought me a pair of TRS, and and that was it. After I got those TRS, it was I didn't want to do anything else. That's all I did, and that's when I was so yeah, eleven when I started, twelve when I actually got like my first good pair of skates. Nice. And what year was that? You think? I mean, you're forty four, right? Forty four. Yeah. So you're two years younger than me. So I'm what? Two years younger than you? Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought we were yeah. the same age for some reason. Uh, 46. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it was 19. I was born 78. So, yeah, 1990, right around there. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I got my first skates in 89. It would have been uh, Zetra Blades from my next door neighbor who didn't like them. So, your sister just <laughs> bought you skates out of blue or you asked for some skates? No, no. She just knew that I wanted skates. And. Yeah, she just had a few bucks, so she bought me a pair from Kmart right up the street. Kmart was just, I don't know, is Kmart nationwide? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it is. Yeah, yeah. It was just from a Kmart, a little box of Kmart skates, and, and and that was the start of it all, man. Nice. Now, I never realized when we lived together back then that you had sisters, and you have a few sisters, yeah? Like, or a couple? Yeah, four, I have four. Four all sisters. sisters? Wow. Uh, uh, that's some, a couple of them are half sisters, but okay. we're we're all super close. So I just I never kind of decipher between the two. They're just my sisters. And, and which one's your favorite? 
that was a question. <laughs> so I'm just your sister Ashley asking that question for sure. I'm guessing it's going to be the one who bought your first skates. Uh, they always, this is always a battle between my sisters is who like, <laughs> who I like the most. And I don't know that I'll ever tell them. I just love them all very much. So we'll just leave it at that. And you're the only boy. I'm the only boy. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. So, so skating Utah, I mean, Utah has, it's well, obviously for a long time now, it's had a really good blading scene. And it wasn't like, like, was there a really big scene back then too? Who were your first, like, who was in your first crew? How did you actually get into like aggressive skating? Aggressive skating was, you know, it's funny the way I started was my good friend, Justin, his brother, older brother, Brandon, just used to race us to 7-Eleven. We used to just ride BMX all the time. And Justin's older brother would race us to the 7-Eleven and he was on rollerblades. That was kind of the start of it all for me. So I started skating with him a bit, but then I had friends down the street, uh, Jesse Firth, uh, Rob Tupper, and Chill Wilcox. And they were way ahead of me. Like when I, when I, I would, as I started skating, I started skating further and further away from the house. And I just wound up down in their neighborhood one day and they had uh, little grind rails that someone had welded them up for them. And they were already doing, you know, front sides, sole grinds. And it, it's nothing I ever even done yet. So um, I started going down there every day, every other day. When school was over, I was just kind of charging through the neighborhood to get down there just to keep going. First rail was right up the street from, was it a church right up the street from Chill's house? But those are the guys I skated with the most. Just Jesse Firth, who is uh, a son of uh, my mom's good friend, and Joe Wilcox. I don't, I don't think either of them still skate. I think they skated for a while, but um, after I moved to California, I didn't skate with them much after that. Well, I also moved down to St. George, so there was a lot of time that I was away from them. But those are the three that I skated with the most. Tell us from Utah that was around when you were skating early on is still like, is there anyone who's been skating in Utah as long as you? Uh, Jaron Grove was skating. He's still skating, obviously. Um, Cameron Card is obviously younger, but uh, a lot of, a lot of my skating was with Cameron. He, we filmed each other a ton and kind of pushed one another. Cameron's I think, I think Jaron is, Jaron's the one that I remember first. Like okay. I went down to, down in Provo, there was a skate park called Proving Grounds. And I went down and I think that's the first time I met him. And he was, he was already like, just incredible. I mean, flipping and spinning all over the place, stuff I'd never seen before. So Jaron's been good for a very long time. Jaron is someone who, if you watch this po if this podcast series, you would have heard this before, but Jaron is someone um that we met in Austin in 1998 when he was on the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. Yeah. I don't remember that when he was our, it might've been 97, um, 97, 98. He was in a circus with Ariel Cern from New York city. They're both on it. Uh, exactly. Only people that are still skating that I remember. Um, they're also the youngest two people on there at that. Crazy. We got Jaron to quit the circus when he was in Austin <laughs> and drove the hoe down. And we stopped in Waco, Texas, and we filmed some for my video. Um, 
oh, maybe Herb, or America's Army or something like that. It's a video that I'll be posting on the YouTube channel fairly soon. I'm actually going through all my old videos and remastering right now. Oh, very cool. I put up United Front about a week ago. I'm doing United Front 2 tomorrow. And then I remastered Last Call, which is the video I made before I moved to San Diego. I don't know if you ever saw that one. It was the Europe trip. Like this week. So I'm putting all those up. How many have you made? Um, It's got to be around a dozen or so, you know, um, with the 90s ones until now. A couple of them. There's one video called Scratch that I made. I made it, I made two masters of it on high eight tapes, um, <laughs> so I would have a backup in case you know something happened. When I was yeah, like, exactly. right, two masters. One of them, I got this high eight camera. Actually, Nick Mance sent me a high eight camera, which just broke last night. Oh shit! So I logged, managed to get eight through eight high eight tapes. I have about a hundred left. The high eight camera completely broke. Now I'm gonna search for another high eight. So if anybody's watching this and has a high eight camera or deck that you would like to donate. To the Dead and Outblading YouTube channel, so I can log some of these tapes. Get at me, um, but <laughs> get at me. So I was logging scratched, and one tape was completely recorded over. One of the masters completely recorded over with like BMX footage or something. Nice. And then the other one was seventy percent recorded over with spring break footage of girls walking on the beach. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> so, so both masters are completely like recorded over, which was stupid. I don't know how I did that or how that happened. So, I was able to pull some of them off VHS and part partially from master and work on it. But man, that was really frustrating. So, so going back, well, go back to your early days, um, which we got a little sidetracked on. Now, when did you? first get sponsored was razors your first sponsor uh my first sponsor was midwest wheels mid coast wheels mid coast mid coast mid coast was cool yeah mid -coast mid -coast was my like, first, uh, first actual sponsor sick. and that was so this would have been when we moved so born and raised in salt lake i think i was 17 it was my junior year and we moved to st george and that's Honestly, kind of when it all took off. It's funny because I remember um, being upset. I want to say upset because I know my mom's watching, but I was not excited to be moving to St. George because all my friends were in Salt Lake. Um, but when I got there, I really think that none of my life in skating would have happened if we didn't move to St. George because that's where I met Mike Scott. Okay. So Mike Scott... There was just a a really nice wood skate park there that we would always go to. And Mike Scott's family eventually started running it, I believe. And he just, uh, we just became great friends. And his skating was miles ahead of mine at the time. So he, he was definitely a good person to buddy up with and uh, push myself with. He was amazing. I mean, still is amazing when he gets to skate. I mean, he, the man's riddled with injuries now, but we, you know, last year we got a skate and he was, it's just incredible. Yeah, Mike's amazing. He's always been a talent. And it's just a great skater. Now, 
when it goes to Midcoast, how did you, where was Midcoast based out of? Who ran it? And how did you get on? <laughs> Those are all questions I can't answer. I, I know it was, I want to say it was somewhere in Minnesota. Okay. Um, the guy's name, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you it's been so long. Uh, but I, I just remember seeing an ad and I think in the ad, it said something about sponsoring me a tape. So I was like, all right, I'll, you know, throw together a tape, send it off. And I sent it to him. And then I think they got back to me like a couple of weeks later and said they would start sending me stuff. So I never, cool. you know, I never got money or anything, but right. free wheels at my age, I was like, holy shit, I've made it. <laughs> That's really cool. I don't think I ever saw mid coast wheels in person, but I do remember ads and I thought they were cool. And I thought the, I thought it was a cool brand, you know, at the time. I just yeah. never actually saw them in person. Um, that was also my, first, my first, first time being in a magazine was a Midcoast ad. What magazine was it in? It was in Daily Bread. In Daily Bread. I think so, yeah. Ad in Daily Bread. You know what? Do you remember what issue it was? Mm, it was one of the first couple for sure. Um, it was terrible, man. I was like wearing like a like a black and white polyester weird looking shirt i was wearing my helmet i was doing a back unity on probably one of the bigger ledges in st george at the time but just a terror i was just sending him photos like of stuff that i had been doing you know i was like just to let him know that i had a midco sticker on my helmet and all that so i was like hey you're, you know your product's being put to use and then oh, i wound oh. up in the magazine i'm like what <laughs> i feel like we could have done something better but uh, I don't think I would have put that together because I saw those photos back then, but yeah. definitely never connected you to Midcoast, you know, back then. So, you know, I didn't, you know, but before I met you, I, I guess I really just didn't have a memory of anything before that. Now, yeah. I met you. I don't think I've ever talked about Midcoast, to be honest. No, I don't remember ever talking ever about it. it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, anytime someone asked me who my first sponsor was, I was just go to Razors because that was when everything kind of took off. And Razors so actually started traveling and you know seeing the world doing all that stuff. And you got on Razors when and how, and how did you get on the team? Um, I went to Boulderness. I believe I was at Boulderness and I skated really good. Um, and I remember I beat a couple pros. I don't remember who it was at the time, but uh, Rich Cook uh, came up and started talking to me, and he asked me if I could meet him in Las Vegas. So I think it was about a month later. A month later, he just called me and said, hey, we're going to be in Vegas if you want to come shoot some photos, try some skates. Um, I believe Mike Scott was on the time, at the time was on Razors as well, so I went out with him. And I just, yeah, did a photo shoot with Rich Cook for like two days. Um, I broke my ankle. I broke my ankle on that trip. It was like, <laughs> I remember uh, skating some crazy rail right on the strip in Vegas. And I went through the king, came down when I jumped off. There was like a big crowd of people watching. And I slid back to drop on my butt just so I didn't run into him. And I like tucked my ankle under my butt <laughs> and just broke it. So like right when, you know, Razors is talking about putting me on and it was kind of like my first chance, I broke my ankle and I remember being like, well, that's the end of that. <laughs> but they still kept me on. And then, you know, at that age, I feel like after like three weeks, I was already skating again, just 
my body would heal so quick. So after you got in Razors, um, was that when you first visited San Diego, or when did your first trip to San Diego take place? Uh, first trip to San Diego was right around 17, 18. Like 18, I moved in, down to San Diego and lived with uh, family, uh, the Madsons, which is uh, my mom's best friend. I think my mom is actually in San Diego with them right now. Um, but they let me stay at their house for quite a while. And then I, I think I was down there for a bit and then just kind of got homesick and headed back. And but as soon as I went back to Utah, I think I was pretty anxious to get back to California. I just had to figure out exactly what, you know, how to save up for it and do all that stuff. Cause I just kind of went out there on, I was just kind of winging it. Right. Um, second time I went out is when, uh, again, I was, I, I finally found a job uh, also a Madsen. So the people I'm staying with, they had an older son, Chris, and he was a teacher at uh, Mira Mesa. And so he gave me a job doing like student teaching. So I was working full time. This is when I, in between all of this, I went out to Vegas for an event. And Eric Schrein had mentioned that he and uh, Abdiel were looking for a roommate. So that's kind of how uh, I got into the Encinitas scene. I'm not Encinitas, I Escondido scene was just from that conversation with Eric Schrein. So then I actually saved up, moved out, and we got a place fairly quick. So that's when I met you, is when you were living in Escondido. Um, I think possibly, yeah. Or maybe we even met before, because when I lived with the with the Madsons, my first trip, I skated with uh, uh, Petty and Jaggers. Okay. That's the first time I kind of linked up with those guys. And I feel like maybe I'm, I might have met you then as well, but possibly not. Yeah. I mean, I moved to San Diego. It was December of 1999. Um, and that's when I worked for Daily Bread for about okay. two years. Now, I know that the Daily Bread years is when we spent a lot of time together. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously, you know, even when, uh, and then after that, we'll first steal this video. Yeah. So in that section, and we went on, and I worked for Razors sort of for like a year. Um, we did the Blitz tour. Yeah, Blitz tour is so fun. Outrageous. That was insane. Uh, but yeah, so I th I remember, you know, I remember some sessions with us, um, big sessions. You know, we had big sessions in Escondido with all the Esco guys and San Diego guys. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Murda and Haffy, just these huge sessions and going out with Dustin Jones. Um, and Australians like Justin Buchanan and Ian Brown, you went on those sessions with them as well. Yeah. And those guys were a lot of fun. Those guys now, you know, we were there in the, the, like the golden era of San Diego blading. Yeah. Um, which had so many skaters going through it. You skated with so many people. Yeah. It was absurd. Who, who were some of your favorite people to skate with who got you really stoked on a session like if you were going to call somebody to go skate back in the day like who would have you called first who would have been your your first few people to pick up the phone and call a skate i loved skating with uh, i would always go for uh, elliot and shima and chris peel those were always my favorite guys to cruise around with you were always in that group as well i mean it was always just kind of us 
and we really didn't even have to usually make a phone call because we were <laughs> always together no matter what it seemed like right uh so yeah always that group but i mean when i when i was first like escondido days it was just i lived with i lived with shrine and abdiel so i mean it was me shrine abdiel Bo, uh libano samora and uh, uh troy we was still living up there elliot or had he right moved to san diego I think he'd already moved to San Diego. I, I skated with him a few times up there. I remember that. Because when uh, I moved to San Diego, John was living with Bo. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I met John the first time I met. Well, this is a kind of a cool. The one of the tapes that did log before the camera broke yesterday yeah. said Team Paradise on it. Oh, yes. I have no idea who sent me this tape, but it has a bunch of footage from John Elliott from like 1997 or wow. something like that. And a bunch of footage from, I forgot what the old skate park was that everybody skated in LA back in that time period. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Other skaters, like just a really cool session at the skate park. So really cool Team Paradise era clips on this tape. <laughs> so putting that out soon. Um, was RSA, was that the park? RSA. Yeah, it was all from RSA. And maybe, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't film any of it, I don't think, unless I made a trip, I don't remember. But pretty sure I didn't go there. Um, but has some old John Elliott clips. But the first time I, m I met John Elliott was when he was on Box Magazine Tour. He was with Eric Bailey, who's one of your really good friends. Yeah. I was uh, with Bailey last night. And Eric Bailey, if, you, if you're not familiar or don't know, he actually suffered a tragedy. His house burned down, right? What did he share with his father? Yeah. A couple and, months and, ago. Yeah. How is he doing? Uh, he seems like he's in a much better place for sure. Uh, we went and saw. I mean, I, since it happened, I've been coming up every every week just to make sure he's good, see if there's anything he, he needs. His old man is in uh, Texas uh, okay. for work, so he. I know after it happened, his old man came out just to check on him, but as soon as he landed, I think I mean he got COVID on the flight or something, so he was sick the whole time that he was here to help out. That's a bummer. And he had to shoot back to work, so. But Bells, Bells is doing good. He's uh, still working, still skating, still just, you know, doing what he does. Last night we went to uh, uh, Built to Spill and uh, a band called the, the Head from Chicago. It was just like a little music event that uh, Kyler Martz was out in town doing a mural for like a coffee shop. And it all kind of ties into a little city called, well, just Garden City, which is a like a part of Boise and they just had like a main stage, a bunch of bands playing all weekend. So That's I got to cool. hang out and share some last with Bales, which I was nice. photos of you. You uh, left with your bicycle. You like got to sit outside getting old. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> I, like standing up watching concerts. I, I rarely go anymore just because like after, after an hour, it's like, oh, someone help me please. So I snuck around out just to the front and there was like a, there was a chair across the street. I was like, I'm going to go sit on this chair. I can still hear the music perfectly. So it was nice. And there was a couple, it was funny because a couple of people came by and they're like, oh, all right, this guy's got the right spot. That's really so, cool. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. And Kyler March, you saw him as well? Yeah, I got to see Kyler, which I haven't seen him for a minute. It seems like I only see him. He'll pop back because his family's from Boise as well. Okay. So he'll come 
like with with my job i'm up in boise every every other week i come up here uh, sunday night monday night and then i head back tuesday so during december he comes back to usually comes back to boise to see his folks i don't think i've ever met him but he's an amazing artist yeah he's talented very very talented there's the i don't know if you know i'm a musician nico case yeah uh, he did that her new poster for a tour she actually lives one town over from me here in vermont Oh, very cool. Which is kind of random. It's actually the same town that Gigi Allen's from. So, Gigi Allen and Nico's case. Now, what? So, I guess we'll touch to this. You, what, what do you do for work now? I mean, you're traveling to Boise. I know uh, the last Boise? job I know you had was bartending for your family. Bartending, so. yeah, bartending forever. Um, and then, like tragedy in my family, I I lost my. I lost my stepdad who raised me. He's the one who owned the bar. Um, and then I also lost my blood father and it all kind of happened fairly close to one another. So my younger sister, uh, she took over the cotton bottom, which was the family bar. And I took over my blood father's business, which is um, the way, the way I, it's, it's process welding, but what I do not really welding as much anymore. Now that I, now that I own it, it's, if you if you were to walk into a brewery or a dairy, um, I have a team that can do all the the process welding, run all the pipes that all the product goes through, and then I also distribute um, for all the companies that would make it run. So pumps, valves, tanks, all that stuff. So really boring shit. <laughs> stuff I never thought I'd be doing. Um, I took the job with my old man um mostly because i wanted insurance i was leaving the cotton bottom was the name of our family bar um i had talked to my stepdad and said look i i, I need insurance i mean i skated my entire life did you ever have insurance when you were skating i never had insurance no never yeah so yeah i was like okay it's time to get some insurance and maybe grow up a bit but he, he said he couldn't get me insurance so i started working for my blood father um and i was just gonna weld but then he, he got sick shortly after and I, he, he'd been slowly wanting to train me on, you know, all aspects of the business, but then he, he got sick and his, his sick was, it was quick. Like one day he was perfectly fine. And then the next day he, he was not. So yeah, from then it was just kind of me being thrown in, thrown in the lines. Then i trying to learn everything with, you know, with my old man being sick and all that stuff. So it, it was kind of chaotic for a couple of years or very, very chaotic for a couple of years. Um, but, that, but now it's great. So I come up here um, and just see customers just to make sure all their stuff's running and, you know, they don't need help with anything, all that stuff. And you Most get to see your friends. And I get to see my friends. friends. So it's always nice. And my wife, my wife has family up here as well. So, like I'll rotate sides of Idaho, like on, so this week I'm in Boise and then in two weeks I'll be on like the Idaho Falls side. And Sarah, my wife, her brother lives here in Boise. So I usually stay, I'll stay with him a lot. I kind of bounce between him and Bailey. And then on the other side of Idaho, her is where she grew up and her, her dad lives there. So each time I go up to Idaho, I get to spend time with, with her family, which is nice. Yeah, it's really nice. That's good. Cool. Yeah, I enjoy it. They're good people. And 
like going back to your skating, are you still? I mean, are you still skating? Are you still skate today? Yeah, um, I still skate. Like, my kids, my kids skate, so I skate with them. Oh, perfect. I, I could still. I don't skate street or anything anymore. It's, mm -hmm. it's not for me anymore. But you skate do. parks. I can still go to skate parks and have a good time for. I can still do all my top sides and just the basic stuff. I'm not trying to kill myself anymore. Well, understandable. But at least you have insurance now. I have insurance, so yeah, some animals are good. <laughs> Did you have a period where you quit skating completely? Um, there was times where I would take time off, and but never. I don't think it was ever quit skating completely. Mm -hmm. I mean, after like after all the like San Francisco destructure heat, when all that kind of went away, um, I just stopped. Filming. I didn't. I didn't film skating anymore. But I still skated hard up until probably thirty six, thirty seven, maybe thirty eight. I was still skating really good at those at that age, but just not filming anything. I was just kind of, kind of, kind of done. Really, to be honest, I was still happy to be skating, but excited to uh, be away from all the business and. Right. I, I just got to skate for, you know, just because I enjoyed it. Right. Well, I feel like, uh, you know, when you were, or the era we were in in San Diego, it's like, I mean, we skated to have fun, but a lot of skating was more like business plating, you know, like filming fun, and not that much like actually going out and skating without a camera, just skating for fun. You know, there was all the camera, right? Either photo camera, video camera. And yes. I feel like skating today is, People are a lot more fun just because it's you know it's it is more fun. <laughs> There's lots of pressure yeah, so much more fun. And, and you don't have to like battle each other to do the craziest trick. Like you just got to have fun. Yeah, exactly. Just and, a couple, like a, a month, month and a half ago, I went out and skated Colorado. Me, Sager, Eric Sauer, and Bailey came along, and we met up with uh, Aragon. No, yeah, I saw that. And that, you know, just what we're talking about, just getting to finally skate with Aragon, where it was just, we're just skating, having a good time. And like getting to know, getting to know Aragon and getting to, I know there was plenty of people that I got to know really well in skating. And we made tons of friends, but like, like really good conversation and all that stuff didn't happen a ton because it was always you know at, at an event that was just like hey how you doing how's everything going and then right into you know skating and all that stuff so when aragon lived in san diego were you ready back in utah when he was living in esco and they had like the uh, house stuff yeah i was i was already yeah. back or i might have yeah. been i might have even been up north okay so you passed it not cross there because yeah for quite a while living in in San Diego at the Razor's house back when they had a Razor's house. Yeah, yeah. I um, was never I was never around for the Razor's house stuff. Like I him, was Gray, and oh, I don't even remember who little lived there. It was just a wild house like the Esco house, but yeah. You know, um, so I guess we'll touch into this. Uh, you know, you were in Colorado with Sayer and all them, and there's an edit of it. It's on a, a new products YouTube channel, I believe. Uh, it's. I, I think it's still in the works, just because. Okay. Aragon got hurt. Like we were supposed to wrap it up, but then Aragon broke his thumb. I know that 
Sarah was going to go out for a Colorado road trip and finish uh, all the filming and get all the editing stuff done. But yeah, Aragon got hurt. So, but I, he's back on his skate. So it's, I'm sure it'll be up here shortly. I'll start linking up with uh, Sayer again. So oh, Sayer, they skated. Oh, he skated amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure it was really fun because you know he was in kind of uh, you know on the back burner for quite a while mm -hmm. and came back into skating like a lot of people have. But really cool to see him. Um, now with a, a new, that's the new brand that you and Sayer and one other of your friends run together. Uh, it's it's your first skating. It was not really a skating brand, but it's skating affiliated, right? It's like not just skating, but it's like skating. It's. I, I think it's. How you? Uh, I would I would target it towards skating just because that's what we all know. Uh -huh. um, but it's. I think honestly, it's just. We wanted we wanted to do something. I, I think after, you know, you're out of skating for a long time. There's, yeah, you, you start missing certain aspects, certain things that you enjoyed, and like when I when I was running heat, Sayer was my go-to guy. He uh, heat would have never been heat without Sayer. Um, and so Anu is his, he's the brainchild for Anu. He, he approached me and Eric Sauer um, and just asked us if we wanted to be involved in, you know, this brand that he was uh, starting up. And uh, I, I couldn't say no. I, I owe, you know, so much to Sayer. So I wanted to be a part of something with him. So yeah, that's amazing. I mean, yeah. Sayer, awesome dude. Um, he is. He's, that he's doing that with you and Sayer's in the live chat right now and i'm actually want to go through live chat real quick because there's some really cool people in here we got sayer of course who's your go. partner and you've known for a long time and we've got jason right on jason's a you know i've known jason for a long time he's a great friend of yours <laughs> a lot of time with jason bailey stockwell you guys have your crew yeah um, what you do camping and stuff like that yeah follow you guys uh we got drew backrack in the oh, chat yeah. official sunday brunch i love him uh sean michelson sandro timoteo lily and sandro it lives in montreal so i see him occasionally it's only two hours from me and it's really cool to connect with him after all these years so it's cool <laughs> chat um and we've got your mom debbie <laughs> yesterday mom. This is for his mom at the Madsons. Love you, Tori. Proud of you. Hello, Tori's mom. I don't think we ever met, but you raised a very lovely son. And <laughs> I'm sure everyone watching this right now absolutely loves him. Uh, let's see. <laughs> and then we've got Connie. Is that one of your sisters? Connie or... is my oldest sister. Yeah. Oldest sister. That's the one who got you your skates? Nope. Uh, the younger one, Ashley. I have three younger. Tani's the oldest of the bunch. Okay. All right, and then we've got Daniel Cajal. Remember him, Daniel? Yeah. Carl Kinowski's buddy? Yeah, absolutely. Daniel's still doing really cool things, does a lot of video work, and Carlos is skating again, too. So yeah, skating so good. Skating is out of control. Yeah. Um, and then Sayer's just been spamming the chat, but he did say one thing. 
which was funny, which was when we were talking about wheels or sponsors, he said Meats Wheels. Did you ever were you ever sponsored by Meats Wheels? Nope. He just threw it in there because Meats yeah, he, he just threw it in there. I never escaped from Meats Wheels. Meats Wheels was from what did they say they were from like Compton or Inglewood or something. They were trying to be kind of gangster. And yes. for those people watching this who aren't familiar with Meats Wheels, Meats was a brand out of LA in the 90s that made wheels that had graphics of different meat cuts of meat on them and they were packaged in the foam like you would buy like steaks in saran wraps that was the packaging and uh they were like i mean they were kind of corny and they didn't really you know do much for skaters but they did give me a ton of wheels because I made their website for them. They like they gave me two boxes of wheels for designing this kind of like primitive '90s website for them. Um, I went; all the graphics were really poorly done on the wheels, so I could use an eraser and take all the graphics off. <laughs> so I, I took the graphics off all the wheels and drew my own graphics on them and sold them as my own wheels. Come on! Yeah, I love it. That's funny. <laughs> so, um, which is pretty cool. So that was kind of like my first, the first wheel thing I did. Um, also, Chase Bailey is in here, and it's cool to see him. He was on the live chat for the last podcast I did, and he's somebody from Utah skating again. Yeah. Um, who had a really cool section in the old video I did. Um, Chase Bailey, he was amazing. So. And then, oh, look at this. Heat plus meats equals delicious. There you go. <laughs> you, you could have done a heat collaboration back in the day. Um, <laughs> Probably right. wasn't going to happen. Now let's go back to some actual conversation. I keep on going. We keep kind of getting you know uh, uh, lost on, on track every time we say something because we get these interesting side conversations. So yeah. we're going to go back again to San Diego years. Uh, yeah. And razors, riding for razors. Now, I don't remember when you moved in with me. Who moved out? Because there was different people living. Was it Chris Peel or was it Carlos? Yeah. It was Chris Peel moved out, yeah. and you moved in. Yeah. And Chris Peel was—he was the first person that I interviewed for his podcast. He's podcast episode one. Go back yeah. and check him out. Great designer. Did all the branding for Four by Four, Rattail, Vicious, Nim. And he was designer at Daily Bread magazine. Um, did he ever do any work for you for your for eat or anything? Mm -mm. Um, yeah, great I artist. Just, I think just because he was tied to your guys's brand, but I, I would have loved to have had him. But uh, so in that Sayer, period, Sayer took care of business. Sayer was Sayer. I mean, Sayer's always been a great artist too. Um, that community of artists during that period, uh, you know, with Drew and everybody in LA. Um, was really fun. Yeah. Uh, now skating in San Diego. Um, Drew lived in San Diego at that time too. He was working for Daily Bread magazine. He made um, uh, uh, um, Under Influence was his video. Mm -hmm. Daily Bread yeah. was really good. Corey Casey section, one of the best sections uh, ever one made. Of my yeah. Um, Corey's like one of those guys. You know, in that period of skating, all you wanted was a section, and you quit. Yeah. That was Corey, right? Like, yeah, that was his goal. Yeah, section, he quit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, section was great. Really cool. 
So I still so talk to Corey every like, day. You still you talk to Corey every day? Every day. We're I'm really? with, uh, we have a fantasy football league and Corey's in it. So oh, is Drew. Sick. So is Raina. That's really cool. Yeah. It's nice to keep in touch with them all the time. Yeah, um, is there anyone from San Diego that you keep in touch with from back in the day? No, not really. I mean, I'll still chat with uh, Shrine just on social media. Um, recently reached out to Zamora. Abdul and I still chat all the time. He's been trying to get me to go out to Puerto Rico just to yeah. meet his family. I want to get out there. He said he's coming to uh, Blading Cup, though, so we'll get to see him at Blading Cup, which will be nice. I highly but, recommend going in the winter. Yeah, exactly. That's so what everyone's in the winter for one of Miguel's events, like, uh, I don't know, six years ago. Mm-hmm. It was like January. I was. It was the hottest I've ever been in my life. So I oh, can't imagine going in like January. <laughs> even in January, it was the hottest. No, it was so hot. It was so hot. It was during Zika. Okay. And it was like, who was there? I went with a bunch of tax guys. Joey Chase was there. Like Philip Moore was there. Joey Chase was like so drunk on a beach, passed out, just thousands of mosquitoes on him. Like oh you know, my god, stuff, like, nightmare. It was uh, it was crazy, but it's really nice. The park's really cool. The people are really nice. The food's really good. I recommend going. It's just yeah. like even being from Texas, it, the heat was too much for me. So dang, that's crazy. Um, you know, I'm more like you know Viking. That's why I like living here in Vermont. There we uh, go. Or Southern California. You know, San Diego was always perfect weather. Yeah, yeah, San Diego was amazing. Um, so okay, back to San Diego again. Yeah. Now skating, we spent a lot of time filming. You, me, John, Shima, yeah. uh, back then. And when, like, uh, okay, so, like, the Blitz, Razors and everything, like, you were amped for Razors. You never went pro, right? Never went. Uh, yeah. Or did no, you? I did go pro. You, you did or you didn't? I did. You did, okay. Yeah. Uh, but you never got a skate. Never got a skate. Okay. And during that period, Razors had a ton of skaters. Oh, I lost you for a sec. Yeah, you're back. Uh, Razors had a ton of really good skaters. The pros, like the AMs, I mean, the AMs and the pros, you couldn't really differentiate between them. They were equally good. Yeah, everyone um, was so talented. And every every person that got kicked off Razors in that period that was AM and stuff all became some best pros for the next 15 years. That's crazy. Right? Like, I mean, they kind of slept. Like, if they would have got rid of anybody, they could have controlled blading completely you know um now back at that time we had the crew it was like the four by four boomers crew mm-hmm. led into which was when Corey casey started um it was just us like drinking beer, yeah. hanging out um after skate sessions you know yeah. did, just like skated all day like business blading and then hung out and chilled in the evenings and four by four when you were living with me, transition is that that's what it kind of transitioned into. That's what it took off, yeah. Brand. An actual wheel company. Yeah, and I know, like back then, that you wanted to be part of part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and but it didn't work out with like you know John and Brian and everything, and yeah, and then you moved back to Utah, um, and started Heat. Yeah. And and Heat was really cool. Yeah, and you took a lot of really good. We well, didn't take them. You just added a lot of really good skaters, and you mm-hmm. had Baytal as well. Did some work for you, right? For, yeah. Uh, like yeah, Ollie, had, uh, Micah. I think Micah and Ollie wanted us to do a 
uh, collection with Beethoven. They were good friends with Beethoven. I was good friends with Beethoven. Um, so yeah, we were uh, definitely all for it. I've always been a fan of his art as well. Yeah, Beethoven's amazing. Yeah, so good. I actually got uh, Beethoven just illustrated a new uh, animated um, book, like a like a like a comic book kind of novel thing. I don't know if you oh. saw it. No, I didn't. He just sent me. It just came in the mail today. Nice. In my car still because it's pouring rain outside, and I didn't want to bring it in and have <laughs> it. So I haven't opened it yet. Um, but you know, yeah. So I feel like Heat and Four by Four were similar, and a problem with Four by Four, which is what the which the problem you had is Brian and John were very particular on who was going to be on the team. Oh yeah, I had no That's chance. Just, to yeah, there was a lot of <laughs> that I tried to fight for to get on the team that would were never put on the team. Yeah. Um, which, you know, the team was great, and but I think a little bit it could have been it could have been a little bit diversified back then. But yeah. you know, it was still, you know, legendary brand and oh, yeah. and we and it was kind of a blessing in disguise. I feel like because with Heat, you were able to do your own thing. And and give a lot of other skaters an opportunity and give them skills and things like that. And now I know you had you had Micah was on your team, Micah Yeager, who's from Texas, and Ollie Short, legendary skater, Jeff Stockwell. Uh, Who else was on Heat? I don't I don't remember the full team. Eric Eric Bailey, James St. Hours. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Radabon. Yeah. And we put we were going to put Marcus Benavides on right towards. Right when everything kind of went south. Marcus, oh man. Yeah, still my favorite <laughs> skater. Skaters <laughs> like Marcus is there were so many good skaters that so some people got really overlooked. You know. I, yeah, I completely and, agree. Marcus is one of those skaters that got really overlooked. And you know, even like like Connor Bryan. How did Connor never get a pro skate? You know, like no idea. one of the greatest skaters ever. Yeah. Um God, it was absurd. But yeah, he, I don't know how he never got one. Um, but he was really cool and it lasted for, I don't, everything's kind of, you know, flowing together now with all these years in the past, but how many years did it last for and what happened to heat? Why did it end? Uh, I want to say it was probably five, five or six years, somewhere in there. Um, and it ended just because like we, we were running everything out of San Francisco. It was me. Ezequiel and Julio uh, that we were doing destructure and Empire was in the basement doing all the distribution and I I really don't know the exactly what happened but I think it was just a lot of financial stuff like we were all of our companies were doing well but our like with production we would once all the money came in, we were putting money back out to do production for Able or you know, we're putting out production for Soft Goods to do Volo stuff. Like we were, money was just kind of chaotic. And I think we were, we were young. And I think it just kind of self-imploded. I think people started getting upset when we probably shouldn't have been getting upset. We should have tried to hunker down and keep going, but I think it was just, just it was just financial issues. So it sounds similar to what went down with at Rattail. Yeah, after, yeah, so after going back to Salt Lake, um, I, yeah, I was just deflated. I 
that I'd never worked so hard in my life to make uh, something work. And I'm sure that Julio and Azika would say the exact same thing. We all worked incredibly hard. And yeah, it just didn't pan out. So Heat, um, I wasn't sure. You started Heat by yourself first? Or was Heat started with those guys? Um, Heat came after. So I invested in Able. Okay. Uh, frames with the Zeke way. And uh, they had talked about wheels. Uh, starting a wheel company. And it was just something I decided to do on my own. It's something I, yeah, actually started thinking about after. Because there was a time where I thought I would wind up on 4x4. And then once that didn't happen... Um, yeah, I just went forward with that. Started talking to Isaac at Eulogy, and uh, Sarah started working up graphics. It went, it went quick. Like, after I would say within three months after we started talking about it, we had wheels. And your wheels were done by Eulogy. Eulogy did my first two years of wheels, and then uh, we started having issues with. Uh, lead time and delivery just because eulogy was big as well so mm -hmm. eulogy is obviously going to pour their wheels for hours so there would be times where they would get you know they would land on their holiday delivery but we wouldn't get ours so we started sourcing elsewhere and you're the only brand at that time who's getting their wheels made at eulogy besides eulogy right yeah it was only me i don't remember even ever anyone else doing the wheels there i remember we hit up isaac about getting wheels made and he quoted us like a really ridiculous price yeah we paid we definitely paid more yeah you paid a premium which is funny because the price he quoted us is how much it costs to make wheels today yeah <laughs> like you know so the, the post-covid wheel <laughs> prices um but yeah i mean i was uh you know we were getting we were paying for our wheels they're pretty cheap, you know. I mean, they were. I've been, you know, pricing out wheels now compared to then, and we paid about a quarter of what wheels cost now. So crazy. Um, and then we were selling them no direct, you know, only to stores. Yeah. So, um, and they were selling, you know, so you would make less money, but it was less to make them. Yeah. So I don't know if, how it equals out now. Most now a lot of people just sell them direct. You know, there's a lot of direct. Sell yeah, didn't do anything. Not one thing from Rattel did we sell direct the entire time we did it. I don't crazy. either, right? Yeah, we didn't. No, we sold, and we sold direct in the store. Mm -hmm. Like once we had destructure, I was full time designing, and I was making stuff for Able Heat and for Volo. I was doing graphics for all three brands, and yeah, we would just sell right out, sell right out the store. So we had a huge warehouse. We had three. We had one upstairs base uh, storefront. And then once you went down the stairs, we had three underground bays that just, it was massive. So we just had storage for all three brands down there. That's really cool. I never went up there for that. Yeah, it was fun. It's where we did the heat premiere and Arlo had his art show and all that stuff. It was really, it was really fun times, man. And how did how long did you live in San Francisco? Uh, three years, I want to say somewhere around there. How did you compare your experience in San Francisco to your time in San Diego? 
Um, that's a good question. That's crazy. But I mean, San Diego, I was, you know, I wasn't established as a skater. I was trying to impress and do anything I could to find a sponsor and do all that stuff. Um, once I was in San Francisco, I was kind of established. So it was uh, much older, a little smarter. I think I enjoyed, I don't know, I think each, you know, the time I spent in both places were great for my age and what I was doing at the time. Um, I think San Francisco years were more impactful for me. Um, I was definitely, you know, entrepreneur stuff, trying to, trying to hustle and skate as much as I could. I was definitely more driven when I was in San Francisco than I was in San Diego. Yeah, I mean, San Diego was just skating and going out. Yeah, I mean, good. I mean, I mean, it was for work. It was work. It was during private work, you know, because you were the skater, not the the kind of the boss. Yeah, you kicked the boss later on. Yeah. Um, now, as far as skating, you know, for razors. We had mentioned we went on a couple of tours. We did Blitzker, which was a really crazy tour. It started Detroit. It was like 30 days. I was the only person on the whole thing. Yeah. And everyone else was on there for like seven to 10 days. And it kind of rotated out. And we would have like 12 people in this 30-foot RV. That's <laughs> more people comfortably. That we completely trashed. We got it at in Chicago or Detroit. Um, it was brand new and it was brand new it was brand new when we got it holy shit um it didn't look brand new when mike, I mike it. punched a hole in the bathroom door uh we broke the awning off i don't know if you were for that i do remember that that toll booth in new jersey and tore off the awning yeah um shot a fireworks on there in yeah. alabama you know we had mike johnson was on there uh ian mcleod just stockwell Shima, Elliot, Corey, we no kidnapped the driver and took him with us. And, <laughs> and uh, we went to uh, all sorts of skate parks. I mean, it was awesome. I remember I got some really cool clips of you at some of these parks in Pennsylvania. I don't think any of the parks are still around. Yeah. Um, that's when I first met Jeremy Baytal yeah. in Erie. Uh, so, what was your memories of that tour? Yeah, honestly, just a lot of exhausting it was exhausting for sure every day waking it up and, and essentially just performing for you know when we would show up to do these demos it wasn't just like a it wasn't a quick thing it was like we're getting there at one or two and it was skate until your body won't allow anymore and then we would eventually just we would just drink beers all night wake up and do it again in a different city so I remember being exhausting, but incredibly fun at the same time. I remember <laughs> where was where was it that you guys dumped shit all over the road? That wasn't me because I was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but that was Atlanta. Oh god, that was, that was that was Micah, and I was oh. around the hotel that everybody was staying at in oh. in uh, in Atlanta during MYCA. So yeah. I remember uh, seeing that like, what in the hell are they doing? Oh man, so much so illegal. Yeah, so illegal <laughs> on, on every level. Uh, you know, Dave Matthews got busted for it, but 
Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, that tour, like, I don't know if you, you remember um, in Pit, in uh, Pittsburgh, there was that big skate park, and I kitched it up with the dynamite, and we threw the dynamite into the hillside next to the park. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. How are we live? And John, I remember John got kicked out for drinking inside the park, and he wrote a song about it. Um, which <laughs> the edit of it was a bonus, maybe in trash. Uh, but I'm gonna put that on the YouTube channel pretty soon. It's pretty funny. Nice. Um, and I remember we drove to uh, Acme, New Jersey. It was booked wrong, so we went to Atlantic City. Oh yeah, yeah. Stayed at the Trump Hotel. <laughs> we did stay at Trump and, Hotel. And and. Convinced all the waitresses that we were in the strokes. In the strokes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah, they, we, they thought we were a band for sure. Yeah, so that was uh, that was pretty funny. That now, was way funny. the other tour we did was the tour <laughs> filming for the Razors AM video, Steal This Video, which yeah. was when you were still in AM. Mm -hmm. And I made this video. I flew out to Philly. And New York to film with like the Kelsos and all the New York guys. And then we did a tour in California. Me, you, Elliot Shima, Stockwell was there, the Kelsos, Jason Howard. And maybe that's it. I'm 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 really happy that you remember all this shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's, about, that's about it. And there's a college, you know, during that time, which was very famous, Moore Park yep. College north of Los Angeles that has these two line rails and it's a super bust and we really want to skate it. So we actually camped outside the college down the street from the college at a business park until the sprinklers came on in the early morning to wake us all up. Yeah. And we got to Moore park at about six in the morning and skated those rails where the Kelsos absolutely destroyed them. Destroyed them. Um, before heading up to Northern California. Now, this tour, we were supposed to go up all the way to Portland and film yeah. for the video. And we got a lot of lot of footage. You know, we went to San Luis Obispo, Pismo Beach, um, San Francisco, yeah. SAC. Like, we filmed. We got tons of clips. I mean, half, the, half of still this video was filmed on that tour, I'd say. Yeah. You know, most of the Kelso sections, a lot of yours clips. Um, a lot of mine was all that, yeah. Kelso's, and, and, I think all of Kelso's was on that. And pretty much, yeah, because we spent a few days filming in San Diego before the tour mm -hmm. and maybe a little bit afterwards. Um, and the goal was to get up to Portland. We stopped in Humboldt County in Arcata. John Elliott's cousin was going to school at Eureka State or whatever the place is called yeah. up there and was growing marijuana yeah and we had a fair amount of potheads on our tour that <laughs> basically were too stoned to ever leave to drive oh, yeah. to portland so we we're yeah. just filming with the able-bodied skaters for a few days there <laughs> yeah. Which I think was well, just me yeah um yeah so but then on the way south again, we stopped and got, I mean, that was a college uh, in Santa Barbara we went to. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Santa Barbara. Kelso's, Colin Kelso did super cool lines there. Um, yeah, I mean, that tour, as far as like getting work done, that was a successful tour. Oh, and, 100%. And that video came out really 
awesome. I think it's still one of my favorite. Um, the only sections in that video that weren't filmed on that tour was Micah and um, and Charles Dunkel. Charles Dunkel's stuff was mainly filmed by Shock, I think. Or, oh, yeah. yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, besides that, like most of that video was filmed in that. And and what was cool about that video for me was it was right. I was had started before I quit Daily Bread, and when it premiered, it premiered at Hyatt Hotel during ASR Trade Show yeah. on a Friday night, and the next day was the premiere for Daily Bread Five No One's Children. Yeah, that was so crazy. I had two videos premiere back to back, um, which is was. Really cool at the time because ASR was so big, you know. The, yeah, the, yeah, the, the theater and Spreckles, the hotel one, um, that's never happened to me ever again. I, I don't, I don't know if anyone's ever released two videos back to back like that within yeah. two days. Um, I don't, and I don't, think, I don't like, think you should try to release two videos back to back. <laughs> yeah, and, and skating was, you know, I mean, Daily Bird Five, the skating was phenomenal too. You had the Robert Guerrero section, like, yeah. you know. Uh, Really good skating filmed in that short amount of time between the two videos. Uh, it's unfortunate. I do have actually all of the raw clips from Daily Bread 5 and Still's video. What I don't have is Daily Bread 4. I think that those tapes probably ended up back at Daily Bread and have since disappeared. Disappeared. Um, and it's very unfortunate with videos like No One's Children, not No One's Children. Um, Urban Decay, not Urban Decay. What am I? Uh, what I'm thinking? Uh, United Front. United Front. Okay, United Front, which I just put on YouTube. Check it out if you have it. It's got amazing Chris Haffey section. I think probably he's had sections before that, but I think it's like his introductory banger section. And it was right after the section, the stunt secret section with Dustin Jones, Aaron Dazan, and Brian Shima, which is also a very good section. Um, but all that footage is gone. All that footage got recorded over. During the four by four year, crazy. I remember tapes were expensive back then, and yeah, you know, and hard drives were small, so you couldn't really back anything up. Yeah. Um. So hey, you're, I'm kind of I'm honestly just blown away by your memory. How you can remember all this shit? <laughs> I, I, have, I have a I have a decent memory, but man, I can remember the old stuff pretty good. I mean, it's I mean a lot happened, and I feel bad that I didn't think of doing certain things back then, like, you know, archiving the footage better, not recording over my master tapes for videos. Like I told you about earlier, oh, yeah, uh, exactly. having a, a, a sign in book at the house for every person that went through that house. Oh, I mean, that every amazing. single skater the period came through that house on Monroe Avenue. Yeah. You know, that'd I mean, during nine 11, you know, when everyone was stuck in San Diego, and they were all there. Were you in San Diego at that point? Were you, yeah. were you my roommate then? It was a Chris Peel. No, I was there. So at the house during 9-11, like all the skaters couldn't fly back anywhere to Europe. Yeah. Whatever, and had, you know, like 10, 15 people staying at the house for a couple weeks. And I don't know. I remember there was a bunch of English kids. Maybe Ollie Short might have been there. Um, but I don't remember. I back remember. Ollie Short had... You know, was just a very baggy skater. Him and Chris Dowdy, mm -hmm. old Ollie. Yeah, he would come to town. Little kid, he was like sixteen. God, he was I amazing. Shelter, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he was so good. Yeah, he was uh, really good. Um, I mean, his whole career was really good. Now, yes, I agree. Now, okay, we talked about you had a section in in the stills video. Yeah. Which I I thought a video the song came, I thought the section came out really cool. I liked the song. It was a band I've never even heard of at the time, and I don't even remember who the band was. But it was a song you liked, right? You picked the song. Did I pick the song, or did you pick, sure the you pick the song? That's that's one thing that I always remember. Uh, with you and I is how much, well, how much music you brought to me. Mm-hmm. Like at our our house in San Diego, just I remember you know we walked in the door and then you just had that massive record collection just right there on the wall. Oh, you should see that collection now. That good music. Now is uh, probably twenty times as big. Is I got really? logged on Discogs. It's something like four thousand records. Holy shit! I mean, like it's like a thousand seven inches and like three thousand LPs, Dude, and a and a lot of like, and it's not it's not like you know it's not junk. <laughs> it's not oh, like it's the bin stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I've been talking a lot. I've gotten a lot of I got a lot of good scores at thrift stores. Yeah. Like, I mean, I got the the uh, Pink Floyd Pipers at the Gates of Dawn first edition in the plastic. Wow! For ninety nine cents. Jeez, that's right. so crazy! All a bunch of old punk rock stuff, like all sorts of stuff. So that's what it was. All your old punk rock stuff, because that that was like my favorite music to listen to. Yeah, at the time. I got your punk rock I've, collection was absurd. I've gone back and I'm I've trying to complete my late '80s, like or late '70s, early '80s, mid '80s Austin punk bands collection. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been working on collecting for the past like decade, filling oh, those in. Um. So yeah, but music was one thing in San Diego that was really nice. Is we went to a lot of shows. There's oh, a lot man. of bands that came through there. It wasn't quite as good as Austin because everyone went to Austin and San Diego bands did pass it up for LA. Like if yes. they were touring, they went like Arizona, LA, yes. SF. They kind of skipped San Diego. So San Diego yes. didn't necessarily get every band, but it got a lot, and it had a lot of good local bands. Yeah, lots of good local bands. So that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, Austin next month. I haven't been to Austin forever, but we're going next month. My wife and I are going to watch uh, Formula One, <laughs> which yeah. should be fun. That's really cool. Yeah, they have the Formula One track out there. Yeah. Uh, Excited to go. They actually open it up for cycling, so you can cycle on the track. Yeah, yeah. Summer time. Uh, let's go back to a couple of the live chat things in here since we've had a lot of chatter. Uh, Sarah Danforth <laughs> brings up Soul Dad Brothers, which is a band that we all enjoyed, and I know you had a Soul Dad Brothers shirt. I John, still do. On Rock One, quite a bit. Um, yeah. It was the design was along the lines of uh, it kind of feel like that that uh, Chris Pill Cafe Racer shirt was kind of along the, the same similar style. Yeah, uh, yeah, so that was cool. Yeah, music was a thing we definitely enjoyed. Sergio, steal this video is one of the best skate videos. Well, there is Sergio. Thank you very much. <laughs> and Tori was a star of this video. So, <laughs> Not <even> close. <laughs> and then Sergio, so Jan log Blade Life. I've tried to log Blade Life as much as possible. It takes a, it's a lot of work to log these tapes and stuff, you know. Um, and then Drew, I'd vote for Jan and Tori in 2024. Ooh. <laughs> I'm gonna pass on running. 
Yeah, I just, you know, it depends on what we're running for. Yeah. Are going to run for, like, uh, U.S. Olympic Board Chairman and Vice Chairman for inline skating? Then you're in. <laughs> I would do that for sure. I'm in for that. Um, and then Nathan Moore asked, did you go to the office skate park in Cairo, Michigan on that tour? I don't think we went to the office skate park. No. I don't think we did either. No, we was just went to just went to uh, Airborne. Airborne. That's where it ended. Oh, and that was the thing. When we got back to, to the it ended at the contest at Airborne, or it started at the contest at Airborne. Started at the contest. Okay, so it ended in Detroit. And what was an owner name from Airborne? Farnan. Yeah. Farnans. Yeah. So he, Mr. Farnan and Andy took that RV back, and it was like. If I remember correctly, it's worth like fourteen thousand dollars worth of damage. Are you serious? <laughs> the RV from that tour. <laughs> That's probably why I got fired shortly after. Huh? Maybe. What? Did you have a reason why they fired you? Not that I know of. Just out of, was anyone else fired at the same time or no, it was just me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I look back at the people who were fired from Razors and, well, like I mentioned earlier, they all moved on to become some of the biggest pros. Yeah. Other brands. Mm -hmm. I say, yeah, he was the best. I, I was grateful for all the Razors stuff that I got to do. I, I traveled so much when I was on that team. I think it was, I, I probably could have stayed on the company longer, to be honest. I think I was just young and, felt like I deserved more. I didn't look at all the, you know, as you get older, I said, look back now at like, you know, how much money they had to have spent just to send me all over the world over and over and over. But for some reason, I didn't take that into consideration. It was just like, obviously, because I needed to make a living, but they, they, they treated me good. It was just young and wanting more. And think you yeah, deserve more for some reason. That was the thing with Razors back then is because they had so many riders, it was definitely harder, I guess, to pay so many people. Oh, yeah. But it was great for traveling. I mean, a lot of people got to see the world. I got to go to Japan for Razors, uh, yes. East Coast, like a lot of places just filming, you know. Um, what were some of your favorite trips that you went to through Razors? Um, Australia was probably one of my favorites. Uh, it was me and me and Elliot. Uh, we went out and jumped on a RV and just cruised along the south of Australia all the way up to the top. And we were with Ian, Justin Buchanan. Um, that was probably one of my favorite trips. I mean, we slept on the roof of the RV every night, woke up, took a bath in the, in the ocean, went and skated and met, met so many, you know, Australia has always been just an incredible scene in skating. So, you know, getting to see all those guys and that uh, we went to skate events. There was uh, just so much that we did. There it was yeah, one of the most memorable for my 30th birthday a bunch of us went to japan like all of empire it was like when me yvonne victor Vinny, jeff sayer jeremy morris like a ton of us just went and we snagged the rail pass and just 
saw as much of Japan as we could for, I think we were out there for maybe eight or nine days. That was an incredibly memorable trip as well. Ecuador, we did Ecuador, me and Elliot did Ecuador, which was amazing. That trip was chaotic, but also, yeah, also just incredible. I mean, uh, very fortunate to all the people I got to meet. What was chaotic about the Ecuador trip? What's that? What was chaotic about the Ecuador trip? Everything. <laughs> Everything about it. I mean, uh, first off, well, for me, I don't do well in the heat, just like you, I guess. Uh -huh. And I just remember being hotter than shit the entire time and not wanting to skate at all. And um, drugs. <laughs> I, don't, I, I didn't do drugs, but everyone else on that tour was just done. <laughs> like drugs left and right. I remember we, we landed and like right out the gate, we were walking along cow pastures trying to find mushrooms for everybody. I remember this. I remember that story. Yeah, everybody, everybody. So that story just came out of my head. I remember you guys telling me that. Yeah, everyone was on mushrooms except for me. And I'm in, this is my first time being in a third world country. I remember like walking past people with like, you know, machine guns and shotguns protecting their property. And I'm just like, with all these <laughs> kids who I just barely met and they are, you know, out of their minds. And I'm just like, I remember not wanting to be there <laughs> very quickly because I was like, how I'm the only, you know, sane person right now. And I'm, I have no clue where I'm at don't speak Spanish. So yeah, I remember being terrified for the first first 48 hours and then it slowly got better. I was with that was me, Elliot and Johnny Donho. Johnny Donho was on that trip, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but we yeah, after a couple of days, everybody kind of calmed down, which was nice. We bought I remember we went out to like a little flea market, bought guitars. And we just skated and had amazing food and just played guitar all night. It was it was a really good trip after the, after the first couple of days got over. It was great. <laughs> and then uh, the heat tour was amazing just because it was with all my all my best friends. I mean, Sayer, Jeff, and Eric are still like brothers to me. So Yeah, it's really cool that you have such a close bond with those guys all of these years you know you guys are always doing your you do like a yearly meetup right yeah yearly we we have done it for the last couple we haven't done it since covid really but okay. we would link up in uh moab and camp for a few nights and yvonne would come honestly it was like i would always put it up online you know it wasn't like hand selected if you wanted to come you could come now the last couple of years a bunch of guys came from a bunch of the younger guys from salt lake city they would come join us as well um, but yeah, I would guess we'll start that up again next year, but this year was just like summer of summer of Stockwell cause he was getting married. So yeah, like That's we all got together in Palm Springs for his bachelor party. And then we all flew out to Santa Rosa for his wedding just recently. So yeah, I saw all the photos. That's really cool. He got yeah, it was good seeing, yeah. it was adorable. 
little Stockwell all grown up. He is all grown up. <laughs> I got to see him at Blading Cup. Um, and I saw his fiance, but I didn't actually, I don't think I met her, but I did see her there. And before that, I hadn't seen Jeff. Oh, it was quite a while. I saw him in Austin. He was there for work. He was there doing okay. something with um, Volkswagen. BK. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, BK flew out, and Jeff and somebody else had to drive out with all the gear, set it up. BK flew out, pressed the button, and, <laughs> yeah. and left. Collect the check. And so, yeah. That's the next. But, yeah, Jeff's gotten really good at photography. He's incredibly yeah. yeah, talented he what he does. Very good um, role models and you know people pushing him in the right direction with that. Yeah, I agree. It's really cool. That's been it's been fun to watch. Now, have you tried any big wheel skating? Any wizard skating? Any urban big wheel skating? Uh, no, I will. Uh, I mean, I I have big wheel skates that I'll do just like it. Just kind of depends on what my what my kids want to do if they want to go because my kids will go skate parks like skate parks towns can skate skate parks fairly well um but if they just want to cruise around the neighborhood then i just throw on my big wheels i just have all the skates i ride are them okay um and then i just have uh my big wheel setup is sean dars and uh ground control 80. you need some of them around i love them What's that? So you needed them 80s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of skates I have <laughs> in my house is absurd. Like I buy, I buy, I buy shit just to support. Like this is my way of giving back to the industry. It's given me so much. If someone releases something, I buy it. So about all, I mean, Julio's also giving me skates as well. But like I, I have a couple pairs that are just sitting in the basement it's going to be it's going to take a long time for me to wear through the skates that i have now do you have uh in any indoor parks in utah there's woodward up the street okay um we moved out of salt lake we're up in heber now which is like 45 it's up in the mountains so we're kind of up in the sticks and woodward is in park city which is maybe 20 minutes from us but it's just not that great it's not good like i don't know who who laid out the skate park for Woodward Park City, but they, they didn't come through by any means. No, well. So it's like, yeah, poorly done for for the space they had. So in the winter, you don't do too much skating then? In winter, I don't skate at all. you do any skiing or anything like that? Um, I'm going to get back into it uh, just because the kids. I mean, everything nowadays in my life is just kid oriented which is yeah. which is great um so yeah what well, if if and when they want to ski then i'll ski again but it's definitely my friends are all talking about getting passes this year so i wouldn't mind doing it this season but i'll wait until the kids want to actually get into it and then i'll right and i'll re-up on all my stuff yeah i love it i love it i started skiing when i moved to vermont yes but the thing with Utah right now is so many people have moved in, like actually getting up to the resorts is it's such a task. Like if oh, you're not up at if you're not up at five a.m., you're not going to make it up the canyon anymore because there's so many people lined up just trying to park. So yeah, I'm lucky. I live so far north in Vermont that 
people pass like so many mountains to get where I live. So the mountain bike, I have a mountain 10 minutes from my house, door to door. And it's like amazing. And it's like straight to chair every run. So it's like very busy. So I'm, I'm really lucky. What's that? 10 minutes? Is that what you said? Yeah, 10 minutes. Wow. Um, and there's, through our property is, they have the vast trail, which is snowmobile trails um, <laughs> system. I don't have a snowmobile yet, but I want one. But the trail goes through our property, and it, you can take it to the parking lot of the ski mountain. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's what my goal is, one winter, to actually be able to, like, snowmobile to just rip up there. Yeah. Sounds like I need to come visit you. Oh, anytime. You're more than welcome. Um, I love hosting people here. There we go. Tours and showing people around. There we go. You're welcome. You're welcome at my place, too. Yeah, I appreciate it. I haven't been out to Utah in well, quite some while when my dad was working in Salt Lake back in, I don't know, 2010 or something for six months. Yeah. That's the only time I ever went out to Salt Lake City. Yeah. And I don't even think I skated. Um, now, is there any place you've always wanted to travel for skating and you never made it there? Um, I would like, uh, honestly, there's a lot of places I would like to go back to. Um, I would like to go back to Switzerland and spend time there without being on such a strict schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always wanted to go to Portugal. Portugal's high on my list. Um, but yeah, outside of. I think I'd like to see more South America. Um, but as far as I, I feel like I got, I was spoiled in traveling. Um, but there's definitely places like in Switzerland always comes to mind. I remember just being kind of blown away. The I got to go to Switzerland a couple times, but it was always just on such a strict schedule, you know, from shop to shop. I'd love to go there and just. Yeah, I'd like to do that. Too. Relax. Tori, you are a tall skater. Right. I'm a very tall skater. How tall yeah. are you? I'm six foot three. Six foot three. And there's not a lot of tall skaters and and there's not a lot with like incredible style, which you have. You've always had really good style at skating, which is more difficult for tall skaters. It was right? yeah, it was it was um, a battle. How did like do, how did you develop your style? Did you have anybody that inspired your style when you started? Or did um, they come natural to you? I, I think it just came with time. I, I definitely didn't have style in the beginning. I think uh, as I as I evolved, and I, I think a lot of it came. Um, Josh Petty, he kind of taught me to start skating faster. And I noticed once I started skating faster is when my style kind of started coming into play. But I was really it. I think it's just it, it was just time and. And I really just focused on doing the tricks that I knew looked that I could make look good because there wasn't a whole lot that I could make look good. Um, so, yeah, I stuck with the tricks that. Oh, great. I lost you. <laughs> Tori's audio. <laughs> oh, all right. I don't know if this is the new system i'm using for my streaming because i'm streaming through my phone i don't know if my phone's causing a problem 
or if it's in Tori's end, if it's the Idaho internet service or um, Tori's gone. Let's see if he logs back in. Bear with us another minute or two for Tori to come back. And if he doesn't, then I'll let you know. But yeah, go ahead and start posting your questions you have for Tori for if he does show up. And in the meantime, I'd like to thank Sean Michelson for his $5 super sticker. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you, everyone, for support. I'll give a shout-out to Sayer Danforth. Thanks a lot for joining us. Jason Reyna, thank you for being here. Uh, Debbie, Tori's mom, thank you for watching. You have a great son. Uh, Santiago is in the house. Very cool to see you. And Nathan Moore bought a Cell Dad Brothers shirt when he saw T-Rex wearing them in Detroit, which is where Nathan is from. So, yeah. It looks like Tori is not re-entering the building. So we'll go ahead and close this out. Uh, thanks again for watching. Sorry for all the technical difficulties. Again, make sure and hit like if you enjoyed the video before all the glitches. Make sure to subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. Hit the bell icon to be notified anytime I upload new videos. And go ahead and follow um, Tori on Instagram. He has a page called Sweet Avenue. You can follow him, his skating, his adventures with his family. Go ahead and follow a new products on Instagram. It's at a new products. And they have a website, which is we are new.com really cool graphics from sayer and eric and tori very cool brand make sure to follow them on youtube i don't have their youtube link here but i think you should be able to connect to it from their website again thanks everybody for watching episode 25 of done Blading podcast with tori traceder we'll see you here next time at episode 26 with frank stoner take care everyone goodbye and see you all very soon.